Yeah, I, I don't really think that this truly moves the needle for uh, Milwaukee. I don't want anybody to have that excuse that the Nets had an easy road to the final. back to the Getty Buckets podcast. Ethan here. I'm joined by Matt and Jordan. No David this week, and that's a-okay with me. We're better off with them anyway. So what's up, guys? And it is the trade deadline, so we've had some uh, Woj bombs. So let's just get into it real quick. So the first order of news is P.J. Tucker is traded to the Bucks for D.J. Wilson, D.J. Augustine, and a 2023 first-round pick. And the the Bucks also get a 2022 first round pick and Rodion's Kurooks, but nobody really gives a shit about him. He's a fucking white beater, so no need to mention him in at all. Um, so yeah, what what's your uh, reaction to this trade? How good do you think this makes Milwaukee now? What do you think Milwaukee's chances are against the Nets? One of y'all start off. Yeah, I I don't really think that this truly moves the needle for uh, Milwaukee. I think that they had enough size up front. And I also think that, like, P.J. Tucker is kind of overrated, too. He's not really a very he, – he, he doesn't really put up many numbers. His efficiency is pretty bad. Um, but he, he has a little bit of, you know, uh, is, he, he provides some to a team on defense. But this is a guy, like, who was in, in Europe for five years, like, in his prime. And, uh, like, Milwaukee in, in general is – good on the you know bigs side they have Giannis they have Brooke Lopez and most importantly it's not going to move them ahead of Brooklyn Nets uh, um, or the Philadelphia 76ers because both of those teams even with PJ Tucker are, um, are are better than Milwaukee with or without PJ Tucker I think and I understand that offensive numbers don't really stand out he's never really like Matt said he's never really been an offensive numbers guy that's not his role uh the numbers this year I think are a little bit just like you can't take them seriously just because he's in a bad situation he's probably unmotivated being in Houston with the whole Harden situation that Harden was one of his closest friends uh there were rumors that if he went to Philly he would have gone in the deal with Harden uh obviously there are more connection there too but I think what Tucker provides on defense can't be understated because he's a really strong inside defense, uh, interior defender. Uh, teams would, I mean, the Rockets would put him against the best opposing wing every single night and he could handle them pretty well. Uh, he's a pretty, he's one of the best corner three point shooters in the league. If you look at those numbers. So if you, um, a team like Milwaukee needs the shooting. Uh, they gave up DJ Augustine who was you know, the contract wasn't great. I never really liked that signing three years, 21 million for a guy for basically a backup point guard didn't make sense. So I like them getting off that contract. 
Uh, but overall, I, like Matt said, I don't think it moves the needle much. I think the Eastern Conference, the hierarchy is still Brooklyn, Philly, and then you could argue between Miami and Milwaukee. They're they're pretty close in my opinion. Um, but yeah, this is still this is still a big pickup. I, I think with between Drew Holiday, Giannis, and PJ Tucker, you have three really really strong defenders. So they're they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Yeah, I uh, disagree with Matt. You know, PJ Tucker, while he is not a great offensive player, I mean, he's a great defender, and I do think that he will help Milwaukee's defense, and they're definitely going to need some defense to stop Brooklyn's scores. So that's probably the main reason why they acquired him. But I am happy for PJ Tucker that he's off the Rockets. They're god-awful, horrible. They've lost 17 straight, so he's obviously unmotivated playing in the shitty team like that. So he's going to be more rejuvenated now playing for the Bucks on a winning team. So I do think this makes him marginally better, but I do agree with you guys that overall that this does not move the needle that much for them. But I still do think that this does make them a little bit better, but still not as, not as good as Brooklyn, not as good as Philly. Yeah. What I will say is that PJ Tucker, um, like he isn't really that good of a three point shooter. Um, last year, in uh, in Houston, he averaged 36% from three. The year before that, he averaged 37.7. The year before that, he averaged uh, 37%. Um, so he's he's you know it's it's not a, it's not terrible numbers to be shooting from three at that clip. But nowadays, you have guys like Joe Harris who are shooting nearly 50%. There was a point at the beginning of the season, like 10 or 15 games in where Seth Curry was putting up 60% from three. It's so like nowadays, really the, you know, uh, upper thirties, like mid to upper thirties percentage is, is, you know, not even that like spectacular. Well, I don't think anyone's trying to say that he's Joe Harris or Seth Curry from three. Like, obviously those guys are super elite in the catch and shoot area, but yeah, he's not, he's not a complete zero on offense. He's still going to provide. Yeah. But, but what I'm, but what I'm saying is, is like basically at, at his three point percentage, that's kind of like average nowadays, which, which doesn't, which, you know, as, as I guess we established doesn't really move the, the needle much from Milwaukee anyway. Yeah, also, I just want to point out because, you know, the Nets, we did just play the Pacers and we, we got a great win. But, you know, seeing Levert back on the court and he did look pretty pretty good. He had some clutch buckets for the Pacers, almost got them back in the game late in the fourth quarter. So I, I'm curious, like, are the Rockets going to regret trading Levert? Because I, I think they will, especially the fact that Oladipo declined that uh, what was it like a forty-two and a half million dollar uh, contract extension? He declined that because he thinks he's gonna get a max contract. He's fucking crazy if he thinks he's getting a max contract. And then the Rockets are just like stuck with John Wall for another two years after this too, getting because like over forty million a year. So the Rockets are in a shitty spot right now, I, and they're definitely gonna regret trading Levert, who I thought was on a way better deal. And in my opinion. Is he better than Oladipo right now? Probably not, but he definitely could be in a, in a year or two because I don't see Oladipo ever getting back to that um, all-NBA level that he had that one season. I mean, if, if we're talking about the Rockets in general, I just I feel so bad for Steven Silas. He, he came into his first gig as a head coach thinking he was going to have James Harden or Russell Westbrook, 
and he ends up with a team that's now has a franchise record 18 straight losses. If this, if the Warriors lead holds up tonight, which it should, I think they're up like 15 right now at the end of the third. Um, it's just at the beginning, people were saying, "Oh, Christian Wood come back, they'll be fine." No, this is more than Christian Wood. This is just a bad team. They're starting G League level guards out there every single night. Um, and in terms of having Levert, not having Levert. I don't think it really does much for the Rockets either way. Like maybe you add a few more wins uh, and you, you get a young player like Levert uh, under contract for a couple of years, but it just seems like they're going for a full on rebuild at this point. And you're going to have to suffer through the wall contract. That's just going to be a thing. He's making way too much money for any team to really accept that contract. It's probably going to be a Blake Griffin situation where you eventually buy him out at some point next year, because like I said, I just don't see any team taking that money. And then in terms of Oladipo, I think they have to move him. They really have no choice once he declined that contract extension because there's been a lot of whispers about Miami, about how he really wants to be there. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying you have to trade him to Miami, but you have to trade him to somebody, whether it's them, the Knicks, uh, where LA, wherever. You hope he ends up on the Knicks, don't you? I do not. I actually do not want him (laughs) on the Knicks. If they want to go after him in free agency, that's fine, but I don't want to give up assets for a guy like that. Um, but yeah, the Rockets are just a complete shithole right now. They, they need to focus on getting the best draft odds possible to go after someone like Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley. That's, that's what they need to do. Yeah, so uh, let's move on to the next topic. So we do know that uh, LaMarcus Aldridge will be sitting out for the Spurs until the, they find a new team for him. And right now, the top teams to land him are the Celtics, the Blazers, and the Heat. If Aldridge bought out, the Spurs are still looking for a trade. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if anybody's going to trade for Aldridge. He's kind of declined in his uh, in his like production. I I still do think he's a very good player, but I don't know if any team trades for him. So uh, what do you guys think about the Spurs and? This uh, new-look Spurs team, the young baby Spurs, are playing very well. Jonte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, all very talented players. The Spurs are definitely in a good spot with their uh, young talent. So uh, what do you guys think about the Spurs and the LaMarcus Aldridge situation? I actually really like this baby Spurs team that they have now. Um, Greg Popovich has done a nice job. Uh, maneuvering this roster from the post Tim Duncan, you know, Tony Parker, Mano Ginobili, and, you know, also the post Kawhi Leonard uh, era too, where he was the leader of their team for, you know, like two or three years um, because that's, that was just like a really bad situation. And he kind of made the the most of it. Getting DeMar Rosen was a big thing for them. And he's, you know, uh, done well for them over the past few years. Um, I do think that LaMarcus Aldridge does has some stuff left in the tank. I think that this season is, you know, tough for everybody. And um, I think that the steep drop off that we're seeing between this year and the year before is mainly due to, you know, outside factors. Um, I would love to see LaMarcus Aldridge go back to Portland, get a reunion back there, because I I really I think that, that this Portland team just has so much potential they just got back cg mccollum he was out for a while um they they uh you know got rubber covington earlier in the season two and if they get lamarcus aldridge also i could easily see them 
uh, like making a run in the Western Conference, uh, like all, all the way to the Western Conference Finals. I can see them going pretty much all the way. I think that they have as close to a complete roster as there is in the NBA. Um, and it would, it would be nice for Aldridge to go back uh, back to where he uh, you know, played most of his career and contribute to some, to some winning there. Um, but with regard to the Spurs in general, they have, they have, you know, um, like Kelton Johnson also, they have Derek White, they have Lonnie Walker. Like a lot of these guys are, you know, young and talented. And I could, I could easily see like, because LaMarcus Aldridge now is kind of going to be on the move. I also feel like DeMar DeRozan will be too. And like Rudy Gay will be as, as well. So I feel like, like when LaMarcus Aldridge gets traded, I think we can expect, or at at least it would be, it would be a pretty good bet that DeMar DeRozan would be following, uh, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge out the door kind of soon. Because, like, what's DeMar DeRozan really doing on that team? He's kind of out of place. There's a lot of teams that could use someone like DeRozan that has a lot of talent left in the uh, in the tank. So, with Aldridge, I think a lot of people see him and think they can sign him as, like, a power forward, kind of like Blake Griffin, provide you some offensive scoring. But if you, if you still think... Marcus Aldridge is a power forward. Uh, you're you're just lying to yourself. He's he, those days are way beyond uh, where 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 he was before. He he's a center now. He's probably I, I don't know if I would want to, Portland. While it would be cool, I don't know if that would be the best place for him just because their defense is ranked 29th right now, and Aldridge isn't really going to provide you with any defense at this point. He's 35 years old. I think I think Miami would be a really nice spot for him. You mentioned them as a team that's interested because they already have a really good defense. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, that tandem. Plus, you just added Trevor Ariza. He's a pretty good wing defender. You have also Avery Bradley, um, Andre Godala. So you have a good defensive team. If you add a little offensive scoring punch at the back, get some backup minutes, Aldridge would be really nice. With the Spurs, I don't really know if they're going to go beyond Aldridge because I just can't see a Greg Popovich team just going full on rebuild. Like, while I like their players – the younger guys you guys know my fascination with Kelvin Johnson um but I I just don't see Popovich going into like a full-on rebuild with the all the youth guys I think they keep I'm be surprised if they move DeRozan because I think they want to make a run at the playoffs even though they still probably could be a playing team without him um but yeah Popovich is 72 years old he's probably in his last year or two the Spurs are gonna want you know want to do right by him and let him compete for a playoff spot as long as he can yeah i don't know i i, I think that uh it wouldn't be shocking to expect a full rebuild um it definitely seems that they're kind of moving in that direction right so i don't know i mean greg popovich is in my opinion the goat coach and i think he can make worth with uh, anything i think any any young team especially with the the young talent they have right now like that could definitely be a playoff team in the West without DeRozan, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, so, it's possible. They could they could, they could so like a seven or eight seed. You do they, know that um, Andy Greg Popovich team is he's going to get every single ounce out of that team. So I just I wouldn't be surprised of anything at this point. I'm just I'm kind of curious, like with DeRozan because he's a really interesting case. I think at one point he had deserved consideration for an All Star spot. Probably yeah, I think he got he was probably, one of the time in like February. 
but like what teams are going to go after a guy like that because and what, like how much are the Spurs going to ask for a player like that which is it's, it's something I'm really curious about I just don't know who he makes sense for maybe I don't know maybe a team like the Clippers I don't, a team like Indiana something like that like do you do you guys see a fit with for DeRozan I mean, he's having a, like I said a really great year his passing numbers are really impressive to me I think he's averaging seven assists this year which is a career high yeah I, I don't know what uh team you know he would fit on really well, it would it would definitely be a team that is either like in the playoffs currently or they really want to be so maybe even a team like Charlotte, if they could steal away DeRozan for like giving up like a draft pick or, or two, like you know, a couple of like late draft picks. That's that, um, that, that's a very Michael Jordan kind of trade. I see that. It, it it definitely is a Michael Jordan kind of trade. It's it's not a trade that I would personally do if I were Michael Jordan, but like um, you know, also like there isn't much of a fit in Charlotte because they already have those two wing players. Like uh, they they've uh, they've Terry Rozier, they have Lamella Ball, they have Gordon Hayward. Um, but like like a team like that, or or even you know, let's let's think for a second, right? Maybe even like a, a team like uh, like Dallas, right? Like like they they could always use some uh, some more steady production, you know, yeah, that Chris Josh, Josh, like, Josh right, like always goes down. A- Josh Richardson's been a big letdown. Yeah, I was gonna say if yeah. they could pull off a Josh Richardson, Demar Derozan type trade, and like yeah. some other pieces that, from the, the, the Dallas side, obviously. Was, the Richardson deal was so bad for them. Like, yeah, yeah. Seth, Seth really Curry's bad. been lights out for for Philly. Yeah, I a great yeah. trade from. But like, yeah, Philly but like, made out. Seth like, Curry uh, is it, true. Seth Curry is so much better this season than he was yeah. last season for the Mavs. Like, I don't know if the Mavs. I could think I think he was just. I don't even know if it's that. I think he was just underrated on the Mavs. He's been such a good catch and shoot guy for the last four or five years. Yeah, but he was like putting. He, up, he definitely up, has improved. A, he was a putting up. This year. A, he was putting up obscene numbers um, at the beginning of the season. Not like I think. Remember, at one point he was shooting like sixty-five percent. At one point, and I know that's yeah, dropped it was like off. Seventy-two percent true shooting. Or something. Yeah, that's like oh, absolutely insane. Numbers. So, yeah, that would. Uh, I think the Mavericks would actually be very interesting if the Rosen goes there. It was, in my opinion, that would make the Mavs an, a scary team in the in the West. And Jordan's uh, dreams of I the mean, Knicks. I mean, that. if, if Tinkus, Jordan, Tinkus can stay healthy. And Jordan's dreams of that of that Mavericks pick, which I don't <laughs> even think is a dream. I don't think that uh, the Mavs are probably going to make the playoffs. So I mean, that's uh, still like it's still like a what is that like a fifteenth or sixteenth pick? I'll take that if they make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but yeah. So now we can move on to some. Eastern Conference injury woes. We got Joel Embiid out for at least two to three weeks, and then he's going to be reevaluated again. So this kind of, he may be out for like a month at this point. And we all know there was a very, a very tight MVP race between him and LeBron James. And right now, the Pro Basketball Reference MVP ladder goes: Jokic one, Embiid two, Harden three, Giannis four. LeBron five and then Lucas six, I believe. So it's Dame at six. Oh, Dame at six. So props to Basketball Reference for having LeBron at five because I don't think he's really a a legit MVP candidate in my opinion. Yes, he's playing great at year eighteen. I one hundred percent agree. But Joel Embiid was the Joel Embiid was the MVP by a long by a wide margin, and then I would have Harden second, just the way the Nets are playing without KD. 
And even Kyrie has missed some games here and there. So I think that uh, James Harden, in my opinion, it was between him and uh, Embiid for the top two spots for MVP. You know what's crazy? Harden is averaging, I think, 25 points a game right now. I'm not sure what the numbers are after tonight. I know he had a 40-point triple-double. Um, so that'll probably go up a little bit. But th- this is the lowest amount of points he's scored since his OKC days. The lowest amount with the Rockets, I think, was 25.4. And the crazy thing about is that he this is the lowest average, and he is probably going to be a finalist for MVP again with the numbers that he's putting up. He's been so efficient this year. I, I know you guys think I'm crazy, like – being so like appraised, I mean, so, like appraising Brooklyn so much, but he he's been amazing for them this year. He's just the, the passing has been the funnest part for me to watch. The, the way he just sets his teammates up. I think he had like, like in the next game. I think he had like thirteen points going to the fourth quarter, and then he just like he realizes when his teammates are kind of like, you need to pick up the slack. Like we're kind of like in a cooling off zone here and like he'll just like go to the rim like drop like easy floaters it, that's, that's uh, the coolest thing also is just like he's so good at the floaters like it's such a tough sh- i was reading something the other day about how the floater is like one of the toughest shots in the nba in terms of percentages and like he's just it's it's like a layup for him how good he is at it just he's so gifted in all facets of the game and i i think he's gonna be a top three guy but i think right now it's Jokic because of just the advanced numbers are off the charts yeah, but um, the, the he, thing, he's leading in every like analytical statistic like there is, and like it's not like the Nuggets are some like you know seven or eight seed like we saw earlier in the year. I think they're fifth, fourth or fifth right now. So he's he definitely has a strong case. Yeah, but they're they're currently fifth. Yeah, the yeah. thing with Jokic is that if they're the fifth seed, he has zero shot of winning the MVP. So they have to, they have to move up the standings for sure. So that that's yeah. why that's why I had Embiid because they're first in the in the East. After he gets injured, I mean, after he's injured, they're probably going to drop down to second. But I would still have him as the MVP because he was just – he was clapping everybody's cheeks in the regular season. I remember, you know, Rudy Gobert, everybody saying, oh, the man, defensive player of the year, blah, blah, blah. He shed on him. He shed on him. He put 40 points on his head. So, I mean, Joel Embiid was is having an incredible year. I feel sorry for him that he got injured. I hope that he remains healthy because even as a Nets fan and if he stays injured that, you know, maybe beneficial whatever – I don't want anybody to have that excuse that the Nets had an easy road to the finals. I want us to clap every team on the way to the finals so nobody can say shit when we win a chip. That's why I want AD to come back healthy too. I want everybody to feel sorry about themselves when the Nets just shit on every team. And everybody who doubted us and said that we couldn't do it, I want them to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, wow, I was wrong. Hell yeah, you were wrong. The Nets are fucking going all the way. But that's a little tangent. Yeah, in my opinion, Embiid is the MVP. And Matt, I know I cut you off, so you can just, just, just a little tangent, fucking go. Um, so what I will say is, um, I think that Embiid was the MVP leader, um, but now that he has gone down and he'll be down for about a month, I'm I'm not sure if he'll be able to. You know, I, like like I'm I'm not sure if the voters will get behind him again like how they were before because they they weren't really even fully behind him and in the first place. Uh, with regard to Jokic, <clears throat> he's having a phenomenal year. We all we all know that he's putting up insane numbers. Um, they are not going to get higher than fifth seed in the West, and I could see them being actually the sixth seed in the West because I do think that the the Trailblazers now that they have McCollum back and um, they'll they'll have a better record 
to end the year than than uh, Denver will. Um, so I I actually see Denver as a six seed going into the playoffs. Um, the last time a player has won MVP on a you know a, a team that low in the playoffs was Russell Westbrook on the Thunder in 2017. They were a six seed. Um, but the but the reason why he won is because the narrative was such that uh, KD left. He was the only man in, in OKC, and he averaged a triple double for the first time since Oscar Robertson. Yeah, he, but right? he 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 really fooled everybody that season. Like the, even the media, like they didn't realize like how he was getting those triple doubles. They didn't realize that his usage rate was like. Absurdly high, the highest in NBA. No, but he he was also having a great year. Like, yeah, he was he year, was but, he was having a phenomenal year, and was, and and like was, a, like other a, players. It was not an MVP. He, it was not he was not a real MVP. James it, it, was, it was it was it was definitely Harden. a reach. It was it was definitely a reach. Like that that's for sure. There were better options, but like that is an an outstanding example of of um of pretty much like you have to be on a winning team as well like as as a six seed like 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 the only reason why he won that as a six seed is because of that triple double that was so uh that just hasn't been done in in 60 years uh, up until that point so i like no no matter what Jokic really does it at, at this point as long as the nuggets are where they are in the standings and looking at the teams above them the jazz suns lakers and clippers at at a minimum those four they are not overtaking them those four teams are just head and shoulders better than denver is um, Denver, really, if you look at their roster outside of Nikola Jokic, uh, it's pretty shot. Like they, they don't really have a lot of talent. Um, Jam- Jamal Murray, I think it's a little overrated from his, you know, explosion bubble performance. And he's definitely um, overpaid. I don't care what anybody says. He's yeah, he's definitely though. overpaid. Losing Jeremy Grant really, really hurt for them. I, I think that, that that really is, is it's, it hurt them more than I think even they were expecting. And they lost uh, Tory Craig too, who was a great defender off the bench. So yeah, um, and you know Gary Harris can never stay healthy. So in in any case, like I'm, I see, you know, I I I feel like so at that point, Jokic, you can kind of cross him out. Giannis, I just I feel like they're not going to give him a third MVP in a row, right? Like also the, the narrative Embiid, is tired with him. Yeah, it's it's definitely tired, and Embiid still at this point is is a better candidate than Giannis because Embiid is is having a better year and he's on a better team, right? Um, Damian Lillard, same story. I feel like if the, if you're not at least a top four seed in your conference or top three seed really in your your conference, it's going to be really tough for you to win MVP. I would love to see LeBron win it again. He should be a friggin' ten time MVP. That, that, that's what I was going to say. I think when you're talking about narratives, I think the narrative is in his favor this year, especially now that Embiid got hurt. Like, I, I see that's a lot, the only, a lot. That's the only way he wins it. Because I yeah. don't think, in, in my opinion, James Harden is playing the best right now in the NBA out of anybody. I, I don't, yeah, I, 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 I completely I like, agree with so, that. It, it, really, it really should be James Harden who wins the MVP this year because he has And I'm not just being player. biased. Like, this, this yeah, is, no, this like, is it's not even a biased right thing. Yeah. I, I I don't think it's being biased. I think he's having an insanely good year. Like but. like he's leading the league in assists. He's still averaging like twenty five a game, which is and and like it, it's still like incredibly efficient. Um, I, I think he's he, I he's, think he's, he's, shooting, he's probably getting like eight or nine rebounds a game, right? Seven and maybe. He's, he's shooting nearly fifty forty ninety two. So yeah, like uh, so I mean, he is he is so good. And and the thing is, he's doing it with KD and Kyrie being hurt like kind of often. So it's it's. Many many games, it's him 
and a team that lost a lot of depth in that James Harden trade. Right, well, like, like, well, like, Kyrie's he's, only he's, missed like what two, three games. It ha- hasn't been like a, he's been there for most of the time. He, he's yeah, Kyrie's been there for most of the the games. But Kade, like, like, uh, James Harden has. I don't think he's missed a game since he's been in Brooklyn, right, Ethan? He, he, he's, no. he's an Iron Man. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, like, one, I think sure. they've played maybe three or four games together since they've gotten there. Uh, like with with all three of them. Um, so James Harden has been the, he's been the, you know, guy who's going in and out every night, uh, or, or rather he's, he, he's a guy going in every night and his, his two main co-stars are, you know, not going in with him to, to battle every night. And, and he has to end up going out there with guys like Bruce Brown, TLC, Nick Claxton, Jeff Green, which, which they're solid guys, Joe Harris, like they're, they're good players, but it's it's not it's not amazing he's spending a lot of time with you know guys like tyler johnson on the the court um and he's still winning games for brooklyn they've won they've won 14 of their last 15 like that's it's it's incredible what james Harden has been able to do pretty much by himself if 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 i could vote i would vote for james Harden. james Harden, in my opinion should be mvp the only problem with Harden is is those 90 games that he spent in houston i i I think yeah. the I think the media holds that against it's, him. It's really only nine but games, and I feel like the media is also kind of past it. No, but they're all. It's also part of the narrative that like he was pounding on his way out of Houston, like that. Like that. that no, it's definitely. Like, no, be no, a no. Thing. I, I, I guess, but like also, I feel like it, at least like for me, um, may, maybe it's because like personally, like like I've I've been busy, but I feel like it feels so long ago when he was in Houston. Like it feels like James Harden has been in Brooklyn for a yeah, while. Yeah. Yeah, right. Is, is, is that is is that just me? Yeah, yeah no, like, I de- definitely agree with you. Yeah, so like I feel like when I think about this, like I, it's it's hard for me to remember James Harden on Houston this year because he was he was only there for nine games. It was a while ago, and the moment he came to Brooklyn, he just completely changed his game and is is playing like an MVP. And yeah, at least for it, at least for me, I kind of forgot about that whole pouty situation, which I feel like, honestly, I feel like that's also kind of overstated too. Like he really wasn't pouting the way guys like AD and Paul George were pouting. He was still going out there and playing basketball. He was still going out there and playing hard. He just, he, he just said, and he, and he act like he was just being blunt about it. He was saying that, that, that this Houston team is not good. And like, that's like, like, can you really blame a guy for being honest like that? I mean, I AD was the same way that Pelicans weren't going anywhere. I mean, I, no, I, I, but like, but like AD was like, he was like actually pouting. He was, he was actually pouting. He was publicly asking for trades. James Harden. Harden was, Harden's agent. It's through, it's what, even if it's through, even if it's through back channels, like he was still demanding a trade. No, uh, Matt. I feel, Harden like, was, I feel like it's, Harden it's, it's was a definitely little... pouting towards the end. Uh, there were some games where. You could tell he was just sleepwalking through games. He was so he, he was so out of it. He was like throwing bullshit passes. He, he played. He had some. Uh, he like the first like two or three games uh, for Houston. He played great. I remember the first game or second game. He had like forty four and seventeen against the Blazers. He played great. And then after that, he just like kind of slept, slept walk. He just showed all the teams in the NBA. Yeah, I'm still James Harden, but come trade for me. And then he just kind of like slept walk. So the, the only thing is like. How are the are the media going to hold it against him? Because if he really elevates his play to such a level where, to where his record without KD and Kyrie or even without KD is like 
we've only lost like what, like three or four games without him. Like it's it's going to be hard not to give it to him, especially with the numbers he's putting up right now too. Well, I, I think also part of the narrative is like not only was he pouting, but he was also like kind of going against NBA protocols when they were asking guys to stay at home. And he was out clubbing, like going to little babies strip club party parties with like honey buns and shit. Like that was the whole thing too. I remember. Um, that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, you know, no, it was funny, but like still, I think the media wasn't a big fan of it. But I think if it when it comes down to it, if Embiid misses too many games and he's not eligible, uh, the the three finalists I guess would be Harden, LeBron, and Giannis. And like I said, I Giannis is having an, another amazing year. He's averaging like 31 points over his last 18 games. He's been he, he's been absolutely insane. But I, I think the MVP narrative is tired with him. There, I don't even remember the last time someone won three MVPs in a row. Uh, I think it's Larry Bird. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's just unless Giannis averages like 35 and 15, he's not he's not going to get a third straight one. Uh, LeBron can I can easily see him getting it because not only has he been great offensively the defense has been it's been the best probably like since his prime Miami days he's really stepped up defensively he has the second most defensive win shares in the league behind only Rudy Gobert which is really impressive to hear um so I think it's gonna come down between LeBron and Harden and it could really be a toss-up with either one I like I like you guys said I'd vote for Harden um, but I could easily see it going to LeBron because of the narrative. That's that's a Him. mouthful coming from Jordan. That's a mouthful. I know, dude. I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm not like you, just randomly just t- texting like how much the Knicks are some bum ass franchise, and they. You suck know why game. I do that, Jordan? Yeah, because you got ratioed. Because <laughs> we're a dead podcast. Yeah, I fucking dead podcast, bro. They fucking killed me, bro. Dude, I, I was in fucking tears at that. Yeah. That podcast. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you guys didn't know, we got uh we got ratioed by a Knicks fan calling us a dead podcast. And Ethan's that that's where Ethan's Knicks fan hatred has like boiled for like I've, I've never it's, it's been boiling up for the last from. few months. Yeah, it's uh I, I've never truly recovered from it. Um, that's why I, I can't I can't stand the Knicks. I can't stand them. Seeing Dwight Howard absolutely shatter Julius Randle's hopes and dreams at the rim last night made me happy, but. <laughs> Um, I do want the Knicks to win last night because I do not want to see Philly with the. Well, Philly lost tonight, so Nets are tied for the first seed now. Let's go! That's yeah, we yeah do. yeah uh, Milwaukee won in overtime, so uh, they, now they clutched up. Uh, go. Yeah, so so now we're just straight up tied with Philly, but uh, I think they have the tiebreaker over us. Even though even though I think we're one one against them this year, um, I think they have a better record against the division yeah yeah that's how yeah technically philly still if the playoffs started tomorrow they would be the first seed that's fine yeah yeah they will we'll, they we'll the get that first seed up us. yeah but like that's the the thing though is because Embiid now right yeah like like this is also going to play into the mvp um race i think because Embiid is going to be out for three weeks uh and and really i could see them just holding him out for like a month because you know it, it like it, it it it's really important for them to have a healthy Embiid and they've put enough distance between them and like maybe not Milwaukee but like the the fourth seed and below at, at this point Philly is going to be third seed lowest like worst case scenario um but if that means that they hold out Embiid for about a month um Brooklyn is also going to be getting back Kevin Durant they're going to be getting back Kyrie um and James Harden is going to keep doing what he's doing. They're going to be the first seed in the Eastern Conference come playoff. Uh, come yeah, come playoff time. 
And I think that that's going to really play into James Harden's narrative even more. Because I, I also do think that throughout, like, now until the end of the, the season, uh, Kevin Durant will probably, like, he'll be sitting intermittently as well. Um, so we will probably see more of the James Harden-Kyrie duo as, a, as opposed to the Harden-Kyrie-KD trio. Um, and that, like, all of that will play more into James Harden's, you know, uh, media narrative surrounding him. And it, it would not be surprising if the Nets end up with the first seed, if James Harden ends up getting MVP. And I, I, I think rightly so. He's, he's just been killing it out there. Yeah, and yeah, uh, that'll be it. So thank you for listening to the Getting Buckets podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at GetBucketPod. And we'll see you all next time. Peace.